0: Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Hey, we're in a new series today called More or Less. More or Less. You ever think about things that are more or less? Like to I, I I'm not really a poetry guy, just so you know. I'm not really a poetry. But but here's a poem. God's here, question mark. Who can know, question mark. Not I, period. Yet I sigh and tears flow. Tear on tear. That was written in the 12th century by a guy named Segii Hoshi after he'd experienced a Shinto, Shinto Grand Temple in Japan. And what he was expressing was a desire to feel and experience the presence of God. A little boy cried out at night for his mother, He was alone in his bed. He cried out, Mom, come and touch me. Touch me with your finger. The mother was astonished and asked why. Because I want to be seen. And until you touch me, I will not be here. What was he desiring? He was desiring somebody's presence that he could be there with her. He was desiring to be known and to be experienced. You might not think that that's important, but I particularly think that there is power In presence, that there is a world of difference in our world when we are present in the moment, present with someone, or God's presence with us. In fact, instead of calling this sermon more present, less distant, I might even entitle it The Power of Presence. And I would say that the room changes when you walk into it. And I believe the room changes when God enters into it. But here's, here's the problem. And It's just my observation. You might not agree with me. But I think that we, as a people, as a culture, have been less present and more distant over the last couple years throughout this pandemic we've been isolated we've been alienated it, there's been a time of uncertainty we've been fearful we've been anxious and I'm I'm speaking to the resilient that are here and if you're joining us online today we're happy you're here but we miss you and we're looking forward To the time when we experience you and that you are present with us, because we need you and you need us, and it's so so very important. Now, I'm I'm not again. I'm I'm totally for our online experience. In fact, last week when Mark preached, did a great job. I was watching online. I enjoyed that. I was in my pajamas. I was drinking my coffee. I was eating my cereal. It was awesome. But that's not how it's intended to be. We were made to worship with one another in the presence of God. And I think you would agree with me that we need God's presence in our lives. And we also need each other's presence, our horizontal relationship, as well as the vertical Now, Aristotle said this about a thousand years ago. Here's what he said in his book, Politics. He said, a man who is incapable of entering into partnership, and I want want you to hear or see there, when I say partnership, I'm talking about relationship. When a man who is incapable of entering into a partnership, relationship, or who is so self-sufficing that he has no need to do so, no need for that, he, he, he must be either a lower animal or God. And we know the answer to that, don't we? So that leads me to the question, so what did our vertical relationship look like? What is our vertical relationship, our relationship with God? What was it intended to look like? And so if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, we'll go back to the very beginning because I think this is insightful. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord, and who is they? Adam and Eve. Of the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now I want you to join me in your imagination, in your mind's eye, to imagine walking in the most beautiful, perfect garden, the perfect temperature, sunny and 75 with a mild breeze and the sun was gorgeous and beauty beyond you can imagine in the garden. Now you may not want to imagine this, but you were naked in the garden with your spouse, and, and you weren't ashamed. The most beautiful place that ever existed, and the Lord God walked in the garden with you. That's what I'm talking about, presence of God. That's how it was intended to be. But let's move on this passage, the rest of verse 8 and verse 9. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? This idea of the presence of the Lord in Hebrew means face to face. Face to face is how we were intended to experience God like they did in the garden. Isn't that amazing? Now, think about it. How many face-to-face relationships do we have? Because God intended us, we were created to live in His presence, to fully experience God. I, lo- Dan and, and our team does it excellent job of worship both services contemporary traditional it's awesome i experienced god in that moment because i am worshiping god with a group of believers and it's incredible to experience that to be in this room because god's presence is in our worship and praise but i want you to notice because adam and eve sinned and fell what happened to this presence. And in fact, in the the latter part of that verse 8, we see the distance that begins. Let's, Let's look on. What's the result? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? You see the alienation, the the hiding, the fear that increased because of sin and the consequences of sin, that there was less presence and more distance from that moment on. And if you look and you read the whole Old Testament, you'll see that there's a dance and it's about one people, the Israelites, one family, living in and out of the presence of God. And and the danger is this, is when they became affluent and self-sufficient, they became independent from God. And sin and the consequences of sin grew. But when they turned and they repented and they depended on God and they got back in right relationship with God, things got better. But... If you're reading uh, through the Bible in the year right now, maybe you're at the point in Leviticus and Deuteronomy where they're talking about all the sacrifices that, that occurred. Their worship experience in the tabernacle as they traveled and then in the temple was like going into a slaughterhouse and uh, the largest uh, outdoor grill experience that you could imagine. Because there was blood all over the place and there was raw meat and there was cooked meat and there was all kinds of things going on, but it was a slaughterhouse, a place of sacrifice. And that, that sacrifice of blood and uh, the blood of the bulls and the goats and the meat and, and all of that going on was never going to satisfy a holy God. It took a sacrifice of God's son for us to satisfy. And so that way we can be, again, restored to the presence of God. So God had a plan all along, and it happens throughout the New Testament. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and we're going to look at the emphasis that God has on presence. He said, the, uh, Matthew writes, he said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, present with us, restoring that face to face, and then Jesus is sacrificed. He dies, and his sacrifice rises from the dead. But the night before he leaves, or the night before he he's crucified, he gives hope to the apostles, and at the same time, uh, tells them that he's going away. But if you look in John chapter seventeen, verses five through fourteen. Really quickly, we're going to land there. It says, but now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But nevertheless, I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. Now this is significant and we see in Acts chapter two the Holy Spirit comes on the apostles and they were not to leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came. Now this Holy Spirit was radical, it was a mighty rushing wind, there were cloves of tongue of fire on their heads, they were speaking in languages, they were speaking in tongues, and it was dramatic. And Peter preached the gospel, and the other apostles preached the gospel. And on that day, 3,000 people came to the Lord and were baptized into Christ. And I think that's so cool because God provided his presence. Jesus said to us through his scripture, he said, Even greater things than these, what we see Jesus doing, the church will do. You will do. And we are doing today. Can you imagine? In that moment, Jesus seeing in his mind's eye what is going on in the world today. Billions of Christians worldwide, mission works and healing and and physicians and hospitals and miracles going on exponentially beyond that moment because of the Spirit of God existing inside of you. Believers, there is a presence that is unique To you and only to you. And that is the spirit of living God in you. And and we sometimes are afraid of it. We don't need to be. Because it's always going to agree with the word of God. It's going to always lead you into truth, into righteousness. It's always going to be there as an encouragement. And to give life and to give hope in your life. And maybe some of you are not quite too sure about this Holy Spirit thing. But let me me tell you that when he guides you, it is for your good and for others' good. And, And we need to recognize the third part of the Trinity in our lives. Because Jesus told us that he would be present in us to do his work on the earth. And that is what this is all about not about glorifying ourselves. It's not about gifts. It's about fruit, and it's about bearing fruit for Christ. And then the Hebrew writer goes on beyond that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the latter part of this, and this is out of the NIV translation. This is an encouragement about his presence in you. He says... Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You are never, ever, ever alone. When he says never, that's like never to the fourth time. It's like never, 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 never. That's his promise for you. You're never alone when you are a believer. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, we, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with Him. He, is, he walks everywhere incognito. All it takes is our confidence and our awareness. Now, I want to look at our horizontal relationship. And if you look through the New Testament and Old Testament, talking about our relationship with one another, there's all kinds of passages. But I, I just want to hit this one lightly today. I'm going to turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. And again, the Hebrew writer writes this to encourage us. He says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Something radical occurs when the church gathers. And so when the Hebrew writer tells us not to forsake, meeting together is it's not condemning you all that are online drinking your coffee and your cocoa in your socks and and uh, pajamas and t-shirts and laying on your couches in a comfortable position it's not condemning you at all in fact I, i'm not trying to be jealous of you at this moment right now but at the same time you will never experience online on a screen what you do in this room right now, because God is in this place. He's with you if two or three are gathered because of his spirit. But you won't get that encouragement, that spurring on as well, because it is a flesh-on-flesh relationship in family. I love, by the way, if my North Carolina grandkids are online today, shout-out to Kaylee, Genevieve, and Dallas, I love you. But, but the distance between here and Camp Lejeune, North Carolina is about 18 hours and about 700 miles. And I miss you. And there's nothing like being present with you. And so when we gather, that presence is powerful and meaningful. And our heart aches when we don't have the ability together because that's what we were created for we were created to be present with each other face to face life to life that's how we learn and grow and change and we we can't be present without being available somebody said to me somebody said to me today I know you're really busy and you know what? What I was hearing is maybe I'm too, too busy to be available in relationship. Maybe I'm too busy to take the time to drink a cup of coffee or to hang out or to enjoy a hobby with someone else to make a difference in relationship, as well as for my own good, because it's not healthy to be alone. So what's the application? What's the application for this message today? Simply four things, four C's. First of all, be confident in God's presence. Be confident that he lives inside of you through his spirit. Be confident that you're never alone. You might be alone physically, but you're never, ever alone. Because God's there. No matter where you are or what you're going through, God is there. Next, be courageous in your relationship building. You know, I'm, I'm super, I'm really excited. We're living the best life. I believe it or not, in a pandemic, we've been living our best life. Guests, visitors, whatever you want to call first-timers, we're so happy you're here. We've been experiencing that all along throughout this whole deal. And it's so nice to greet people, but you've got to have courage to 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 reach out and say, hey, join our fellowship. Be a part of our, our relationship. I want to get to know you. I care about you. I love you. We are, if you're in Christ, we're in Christ. You're part of our family. And, and we're glad you're gathering with us. We want to know you better. Be courageous in that. Third, be considerate in every relationship. Be considerate. I want to tell you, I got beat up on Facebook this last week. Yeah, I know you can't believe it. I did. And, and I just, I didn't respond. I just didn't respond. I got beat up. I was told how awful I was. And, you know, I know how awful I am. But, you know, you know here's the deal. Uh, there wasn't any response. I, it's, it's a character thing. It's an integrity thing. I don't have to respond to that because guess what? I am who I am by the grace of God. I live my life with character and integrity. If you've got a question about it, I'd be glad to answer. You can accuse me, you can throw mud, I don't, I don't care. Why? Because I know who my God is and I know he's present with me. And somebody said, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you. Now that's not my nature I just want you to know, I want to throw mud back. I do. But I have a good friend that I meet with face-to-face, and we were talking about this. And, and he said, you know, Chris, he said, I, you know, I just want to go, but I know that's not right. I know that's not right. And that's a, a deeper walk with God to say, okay, God is my protector. I'm going to bless who curses me. And I'm not gonna try to get even. I'm just gonna live my life with integrity, in character, the way God calls all of us to do. And I'm not perfect. I don't do everything right. Just so you know, in case you're wondering. I'm a sinner saved by grace. So I eat with a sinner every day just like Dave Basinger and everybody else. There's hope in that, isn't there? Because Jesus, that Holy Spirit in our life, leads us to truth to make us better, to repent, and to be changed. Finally last, be creative with your presence. Take initiative. Be face-to-face with someone that needs your presence, that maybe is distant, maybe is alienated, maybe just lost, and needs to be loved. I just want you to imagine this. What would it be like? What would it be like to live with confidence in the presence of God that He lives inside of you and that He is always there and you 're never alone, and He is for you one hundred percent, just like scripture says, and you 're living in that presence and you 're in relationship face to face and and you 're more present and less distance and And there is something going on supernaturally, spiritually, that's changing and transforming things around you. What would that be like? To live in community, in that presence, and worship God in a dynamic way. Because He loves you like crazy. And He lives within our worship. And He wants to know you better, and he wants you to know the family of God better so that we could grow together and and that the world could look from the outside and say, man, there's something that I want. There is a Holy Spirit. There is a presence there that's otherworldly, that is unique, and I need it, and I want it so badly that I'll give anything to be a part of it. How radical would that be? Would you please stand as I pray? Eternal God, Father, we are so, so grateful for moments like these, for your presence that we take for granted, that when we're in Christ, the Holy Spirit is in our lives, and it's moving, and it's changing, and it's growing. And Father, I just thank you for uh, those that are physically present in my life and the relationships I have because of you, that you've led them into my, my life and to our lives together. And Father, I just pray as a community of faith that we'd experience that presence in a mighty way, that others might know, and that we might grow. Father, for those that need to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, I just pray they would come. If, they need, if there's someone needs to make a decision in, in a, a seat this morning, as they stand, I pray that they will make that decision to take that next step to walk with you. Father, I just pray that they would release themselves, to allow the Holy Spirit to move in their lives, to, that they would not ever feel alone, that they would know, that they would know, that they would know that you are for them, that you love them, and you are always there for them. Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.